So my freshman year in college, I made a friend named Rick who was from the Tampa, Clearwater, Sarasota area of Florida. He invited me to go to his house on spring break. We planned to go to Florida, and we were, he was talking about playing volleyball on the beach and going camping and boogie boarding. And one of the things I wanted to do was go snorkeling. And uh, I'd, I'd been to the beach a couple times as a kid, but I'm a landlubber from Missouri. I am a farm kid uh, from the middle of the continent, so I was excited to go to the beach and spend a week there. We were not going down to party. This was not like uh, South Padre or Havasu. Uh, we were good Christian guys. We were going to his parents' house, and, but there was three of us guys. We drove down all night. We got to Tampa, spring break 1994. He had set me up with this expectation of going snorkeling and he had told me about coral reefs and these rock formations and all these colorful fish. I did not know that no one snorkels on the Gulf Coast of Florida because there aren't coral reefs and there aren't fish. And, you know, that's in the Caribbean and in the Pacific. I didn't know any different. I still do not know why he set me up with these ridiculous lies. He just made it all up, but he did. Anyway, so I was really excited to go snorkeling, and we get down there, and we're doing this and that, and I keep asking him, when are we going to go snorkeling? I want to go snorkeling, and, and he kept putting it off, and now I know why, but finally, I talked him into, we're going to go snorkeling, and so we drive to the beach, and we get to the beach, and there's this sign in the sand, and this is not the exact sign, but that's what it said. I remember it, it's 22 years ago, so I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I remember it as being a very large billboard sign that said, basically, don't get in the water, you will die. That's what it said. It was something like that. I noticed that no one was in the water. There was people on the beach. There were people in the parking lot, in the shower house, and, and the bar back here. And there was a fishing pier, a very long pier out into the water. It got lots of guys fishing uh, out there. But no one was in the water. And the sign said, do not get in the water. And this is where he brought me to go snorkeling. He had told me for months that he had been snorkeling here. And there was a beautiful coral reef out there. And I believed him. And so I'm like, well, let's go. And then he tells me, he had not told me yet, but he's like, well, I only have one set of flippers and one mask and one snorkel. And now I know why. He told me he'd been in the water and, and all this stuff that I would see. So I put on the gear and I completely blew past the sign and I jumped in the water because Rick told me he'd been in the water and there was great stuff out there. It was just rock ledge drop off. And what I really wanted to do was go scuba diving, but we didn't have the scuba equipment. So snorkeling was going to have to do. So I was a 19-year-old fool, and I just dove in the water. I'm a really good swimmer, and I took swimming lessons all as a kid, all the way through high school. And I'm a very strong swimmer, and so I was swimming and trying to get the, the hang of breathing through the mask and not let the water come in the top. And trying to get that, and I got my mask down in the water, and all I see is sand, sand, just churning, 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 sand. And I didn't know what that meant. Now I know what that means. <laughs> why the sand was churning, but I'm swimming, and all I see is sand coming up in my face, and, and I'm swimming, 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 and, and I'm not seeing anything. He told me it was, you know, just 100 or 200 yards out there, and I don't see anything, so I sit up in the water, and I'm, I'm treading water, and I am shocked to see that I am way out from the beach, uh, way further than I swam. Um, I'm on my way to Mexico, and there is nothing between me and Mexico but three oil ships and this fishing pier. This next picture shows a pier. I, I don't actually know where I was at, but so this is a pier that's in the Tampa area. But it was exactly like this. It was real tall, 
up off the water, wooden pilings like that down in the water, and I was headed straight for it. Uh, I don't know how far out off the beach I was, but Rick is back on the beach. When I sat up, Rick's back on the beach, jumping up and down, and like, get back here, because I was flying. Well, so there was a current in the water, but it's not like a river, like the Grand Ronde of the Minum, where you can see that it's moving. When everything is moving, there's no visibility to the fact that there's no white water and there's no rocks that are stationary. I, I had no idea. Looking from the beach, the sign said, don't get in the water, you will die. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. It looked like waves are rolling in, but there was uh, it wasn't pulling me under. There was just a current, and it was sort of moving me at a 45. So if you're looking from the beach this way, I was sort of moving like this at a 45 away from the beach, and I'm on the other side of the pier headed this way toward the end of it, and there was absolutely no way to swim back. No way. That water was moving so hard. I was moving toward that pier fast, and I could see that if I, if I passed the pier, there was absolutely nothing out there except three cargo ships, oil ships, I think they were, out in the Gulf, and then it was Mexico. So, I'm sitting in the water, sort of um, treading water and trying to aim myself, I aimed for one of the, the pilings, uh, the the posts in the water, and, and I hit it, and I hit it like this. I wrapped my arms and my legs around it at the same time. I go, wham, I just slammed into it, and now I can feel the current. It is hitting me straight in the back really hard. I was very glad I hit it square where it's pushing me in rather than trying to rip me off. Um, it was hitting my back. And it was pushing me into the piling, and I'm holding it with my arms and my legs. I'm wrapped around it on the other side of the pier there, and I had heard about barnacles, but being a landlubber from Missouri, I'd never run into barnacle before. <laughs> and they're like a clam or an oyster, but they're, they, they're a muscle that lives inside of a shell, but the shell is razor sharp. And I grabbed that post, and it was from, the, from my ankles up inside my legs, my front, inside my arms, was just wham! It was just like razor blades everywhere. I had two really bad options. I could squeeze tighter... Uh, so that the waves didn't move me up and down, or I could try to kind of hold it loosely so they didn't poke me, but then the waves rode me up and down the piling, and it just sliced me up. I just razor blades, paper cuts all over. My inside, I, I, I wasn't bleeding profusely, but I was bleeding. I had a pretty bad cut on the inside of my leg and had a pretty deep hole in the end of my finger by the time this was done. So I'm holding there, and I can sort of rest, because the water was pushing me into it. It really hurt, but, but I could sort of rest. And, but the current was really hard, pushing me against that piling on the other side. And, and uh, I, had, I had no idea what to do other than I thought I would push off of this piling and, and try to swim into the next one and grab it and rest. There's no way I could swim back in, but... But maybe I could swim in one at a time and then just, just grab it and hold on and get my bearings and then push off with my legs and get to the next one. And So I don't know how long I held on there on the first one. It seemed like maybe half an hour, but it was probably only two minutes. I, I really don't know. But I let go to start swimming and whoom, I was gone under the other side. And I grabbed the very last pier post on the far end of the far side. And like, literally, if I let go, I'm on my way to Mexico. I was not scared of dying yet. Really, what I was 
what I was scared of is that I was going to be on the evening news. I'm serious. That's what ran through my 19-year-old brain as I am bleeding in the water, hanging on to this barnacled piling. I'm go- they're going to have to call the Coast Guard, and I'm going to be on the evening news, and I'm going to go to jail. Because I passed the sign that said, don't get in the water, I'm going to go to jail. That is what I thought. I should have been way more scared than I was, but I wasn't. I was more scared of get- having to be rescued by the Coast Guard. So I'm hanging on to the piling now on the far side, on the very far corner, and I'm, I'm around the backside of it now. So it's hitting the post instead of me, and I'm on the backside sort of out of the current. It's pushing on my arms, but again, I can sort of rest, but, but I, ha- I, had, I had nothing left. I was exhausted. And I don't know how long it had been by now, but maybe 15 minutes, maybe only 10, I don't really know. I had no plan. I had nothing. If I let, I just, I just had, I could not hold on any longer. I had to let go. I guess I was going to tread water, do the dead man float I'd learned in swimming lessons until the Coast Guard came. Because, you know, Rick's still back there on the beach. Maybe he'll call the Coast Guard. I don't know. <laughs> it was the days before cell phones, so I don't know how he would have done it. But anyway, so there's, there's a lot of guys fishing on the pier. And there's a guy on the very end of the pier, straight up above me. I'm hanging on to this piling and, and, and it's like you know, 20, 25 feet up there is this old gray-headed guy and he's got a very large fishing pole and he's fishing and he looks down and he's, what the blankety blank stupid kid, what are you doing in the water? And I, I don't know! <laughs> he's 20 feet straight up above me and I'm hanging on, I don't know! Just, how are you going to get out of there? I don't know! And he, and he just left me hanging for a little bit. And, and then he, and he, he, I, he was thinking, but he, I, was like, I didn't know. He says, I'll reel in my line, you wrap it around your wrist, and I'll haul you back down to the beach. So he was going to walk down the pier and just drag me. So he reels in his line to where his hook comes right up next to me, and he's fishing with a big treble hook. And I, I wrapped it around my wrist, and I let go. And I'm like this, in the current now, on the end of his fishing pole. That's some big bait. So I'm dragging like this in the current, and he just walks down the pier this way. And I'm in the, uh, dragging me in the water until I get to water that I can stand up in. And I unwrap it, and I thanked him profusely. And I don't even think he replied, other than just like... <laughs> You know, just a moron. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know what he said. <laughs> anyway, I'm not exactly sure. But Rick was there. I was so mad I, did, I wouldn't even look at him. I wouldn't speak to him. Because by this time, I figured out the whole thing was a lie. I, I still do not know why he did that to me. But I'm the moron that disobeyed the sign. And I laid in the water for a little bit and bled. And I came up on the beach. And some little girl's like, Daddy, what happened to him? <laughs> I, I was red. I was red. And I uh, went home. I was too embarrassed to go to the emergency room, so I went in the shower, and we taped some of my wounds shut with some of those butterfly bandages. And, and then I kind of walked around like this for the next day or two because it hurt to move. It would pop my skin open. And two or three days later, after I'm mostly mobile again, Rick's dad says, hey, do you want to go shark fishing? I know a pier where the water's full of sharks, and we're guaranteed to catch one. Guess which pier he took us to? True story. 
no joke. He took us back to that exact same pier. And he says the sharks aren't very big. They're two to four feet long. Here's an example of one. This is called a black tip shark. And it, he says the water is full of those sharks. We're guaranteed to catch one. And two or three days earlier, I had been in that water for 15 or 20 minutes bleeding in shark-infested waters. Thank you, Rick. Here's another example of the kind of little sharks, but that would, that would hurt for the attached on your butt. <laughs> Took a chunk out of your bun. I did not see any sharks. I did not see any sharks. I did not feel any sharks, but I, I was in there. And the guy who rescued me was shark fishing, and I was his bloody bait. I was his bloody bait for a minute or two. But it's, there's not, these are not the only sharks in this water. This one, this is a 700-pound bull shark just caught 2009 in the exact same bay where I, was, where I went for my swim. He was in, there's another one. This one was just caught a year or two ago off of a pier on the Gulf Coast of Florida in the Tampa Bay area within some miles of where I was. <laughs> Bleeding in the water! There was a sign on the beach that said, don't get in the water. But 19-year-old moron me, I blow past the sign and get in the water. Because, hey, my friend says it won't hurt. I've done it before. And I, I looking back, I, seriously, I was never scared of dying. I think now I should have been. <laughs> I think God had great mercy. I think I could have gotten really exhausted out there and just sunk. God has posted some warning signs. This is the way. Walk in it. Don't go there. Do go over here. Don't touch that. Don't go down that trail. Don't do that. It isn't because God is some mean dictator who wants to control our lives. It is because he knows where it's dangerous. He knows where the sharks are. He knows where the currents are that will pull you under and drown you, that you are not strong enough to withstand. From the surface, when we were on the beach, it looked like the water was not at all moving. It did not look like there was any current. There was no river. It was just waves coming in like normal. And I got in it, and I was gone. There was absolutely no control whatsoever. Come on. God has posted warning signs all over. It is not because he is a dictator. It is because he knows what will kill you and he doesn't want you dead. He doesn't want you bleeding in shark-infested waters. He wants you to live and to prosper and to do well. So he puts warning signs all over the minefield of life. He says, don't step on that. That's really bad. Don't go there. Don't do that. Yes, do this. Yes, do this. And then how many times do we just blow past the warning sign and do what we want to do? Because a friend told us we'd be okay. Come on. A friend told us we'd be okay. There was a billboard that said, don't get in the water. And I got right in the water. How stupid could I be? God has some signs. He's got this. You've got your conscience. You've got the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself is a sign. God hung his own son on a post with his arms out wide and says, don't go past. Do you know 
We don't know exactly where Calvary was. The hill that was called Calvary or Golgotha was right outside Jerusalem somewhere. We don't know exactly where it was, but it had to be in very near vicinity of a valley called the Valley of Hinnom, which if you've heard, one of the names of hell is Gehenna. I don't know how many of you are familiar with that term, but Jesus used the Valley of Hinnom as a picture of hell because it's where they burned their trash and it's where they sacrificed their children. They would burn their children alive at nine years old. Uh, their oldest son, they would sacrifice him to Molech and G- in that valley. It was right outside the wall of Jerusalem. They would dump their trash and burn it and they'd burn their children there. And Jesus used that as a picture of hell. And the, the, pit, the hill where Jesus was crucified would have been right on the edge of that valley. He's standing in front of hell saying, don't go past. Jesus is the ultimate warning sign. Don't go past. It's not good. Obey the billboard. Trust the billboard. Even if it looks like the water's okay. If somebody says it isn't, don't go there. Hello? At the end of my ordeal, I understood what the sign was there for. (laughs) I knew what it meant, but it would have been much higher wisdom if I had just obeyed the warning rather than have to find out myself through pain and tragedy. And many of the people in the room, you've been down the path of sin and you found out why God said don't go down that road. It hurts. It's terrible. Addiction or broken hearts or STDs or horrendous stuff that happens when we don't do it God's way. It would be much better to just listen ahead of time and you learn the same lesson but without all the pain and tragedy and death and broken hearts. Yes, God will forgive. Yes, God can redeem. But it would be much better to pay attention up front. So the next question then is, well, what if I don't understand God's commands? What if they don't make sense? Or what if I don't know why he said it? What if his word doesn't make sense? Or what if I'm afraid to obey? Or what if it will cost me to obey? What if it seems safe to disobey? What if I have a friend telling me that he's been there, it'll be all right? Well, he's lying. Let's just say that. He's lying. There is an obedience that God expects, an obedience of faith, before we may understand why God said what he said. You hear me? Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I was a fool. I was the moron that had the instruction and blew right past it. I still do not know why I did that. What was I thinking? I just trusted Rick. He, I, it was what he said. He said he'd been there and done that and it was all right. And I don't know why he did what he did. There's no explanation for it. He didn't take responsibility. He didn't say he was sorry. Uh, he didn't ever admit that he lied. I was so mad. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But I'm the fool that blew right past the instruction and the wisdom because I thought I can do it. I'll be all right. I'll be safe. I'm a strong swimmer. I can survive. Psalm 111.10 says, Wisdom begins with respect for the Lord. Those who obey His orders have good understanding. All who obey His commandments will grow in wisdom. All who obey will get wiser. Notice the order. You obey first and you understand afterward. Do you hear me? 
There's a lot of stuff in here that may or may not make sense to you. Obey it anyway, and after the fact, you'll be glad you did. Obedience comes first by faith. Psalm 119.32 says, I will eagerly obey your commands because you give me more understanding. There it is again. We obey first and understanding comes later. The original sin that Adam and Eve created, or committed was that they wanted to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, I want to decide what is right and wrong rather than just obey what God says. I want the right to analyze God. I want the right to think for myself. I want the right to decide whether it's okay for me or not. God never, ever, ever says don't think. He doesn't say that. We're to love him with all of our understanding. We're to love him with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. We're never to throw away our mind. But faith has to obey even when what God says does not seem like it makes sense in the moment. Do you hear me? There's an obedience of faith, and the, and the wisdom of it, you'll see it afterwards. God never says, don't think. But there is an obedience of faith, because to demand to understand is to rebel against God like Adam and Eve did. I want to know right and wrong, not just what you tell me to do. Anybody else like that? You hear the voice of the Lord, you read the scripture, and you have... 18 reasons why it does not apply to me today. And it, I've got it all, it's all logical, it's all sensible, and after the fact, like, well, yeah, that, that was God, and I should have obeyed. I eagerly obey your commands, because you give me more understanding. So God's billboard says, honor your father and mother. And you in your mind's like, well, my dad doesn't deserve honor. My dad's a jerk. My mom? No way could I honor her. She's ruined my life. God says, honor your father and mother. You obey, and after the fact, it will make sense. There's an obedience of faith that may not make sense in the moment, but afterwards you'll be very glad you did, and you will see that it is the only right way. It is the only safe way. It is the only way with any solution. And anything else I do makes the problem worse. God's billboard says, wives, submit to your husbands. <laughs> I'm not submitting to him. I don't trust him. God says, do it. And it'll make sense afterwards. You'll be very glad you did. God's billboard says, husbands, love your wives. Die for her. <laughs> Whatever. I can barely put up with her. Love her? She's a psychotic witch, God. Love her. Take care of her. Treat her like a queen. You love her like you are Jesus. No, she doesn't deserve it. Love her anyway. And you will find out that God's way is best. And you'll be very, very happy you did, even though it didn't make any sense up front. God's billboard says forgive. And people spend their entire life avoiding that. I don't want to forgive because that will mean that justice doesn't happen. I demand justice, and you waste your entire life being filled with poison, demanding justice that isn't going to happen in an earthly time frame anyway, and you just eat your life up with bitterness. God says, don't go there. Stay in graciousness. Stay in forgiveness. Stay in peace. 
No, I demand justice. You run off into shark-infested waters. And you get cut off pretty good. Some of the things this says don't make sense to some people. Supernatural healing, that doesn't, that's not sensible. I don't know how I can believe in miracles. Believe it, and it will make sense. God's word is God's word. His sign is his sign. Believe it, and it will make sense. Some people don't believe God created the earth in six days. They don't believe the story of Adam and Eve or the flood. Believe it, and you will see the evidence is there. It makes perfect sense. It's totally logical. Why can't I have sex before marriage? Why is that sign there, God? That water on the other side looks good. Looks safe to me. Everybody else is swimming. God says, do not get in that water. If you do, you will regret it. If you obey, you will be so glad you did. How could giving my money away possibly lead to me having more money? That makes absolutely no sense. It's what God's sign says. God's sign says, whatever you give away will multiply. Well, that makes no sense. Do it and you'll find out. It works. It's true. It's perfectly logical. But it doesn't make any sense unless you receive it by faith. And you do it and you obey and then you will understand. What could be wrong with a little pot? It's natural. It's fun to get drunk once in a while. God says, don't go there. Because that's the first step down a road that leads to hell. And it will trap you in addiction like you cannot get out of. And you will not be able to swim back to the beach. Don't even look at that picture because you have no idea the 18 pictures behind it and the 18,000 pictures behind that and you will not be able to swim back. Do not get in that water. Oh, I can handle it. I'm a good swimmer. No, it's full of sharks. That's all right, I can swim. No, somebody put that warning sign on the beach for a reason. It was to save your life. God has his signs everywhere. It is not because he's a dictator. It is not because he's cruel. It's not because he's boring. It's because he wants you to live and have a good life and be at peace and not have a broken heart and not have a ruined body and ruined relationships and destroyed families and live in poverty. He wants you to succeed. So he's gone through the mile field ahead of us and he said, there's one, don't step there. There's one, don't step there. There's one, don't step there. This is the path. Walk ye in it. Come on. Psalm 119, verses 99, 100, and 130 says, I understand, for I am always meditating on your laws. I am wise, for I have obeyed your commandments. Your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I am wise because I have obeyed. Notice the order. I obeyed first, and that made me wise. There's a lot of times we do not understand how this could apply to us or how this could be beneficial or it really looks good, God, i got to go down that path. And God says, don't do it. It's ruined every single other person that went down that path, and you will be ruined too. No, I can do it. I'm a great swimmer. Well, maybe you are, but the water's full of sharks. And they will eat you up. And that current is too strong. You cannot swim against it. But if you obey the sign, you will live and prosper and do well and be wise. If I just stopped and asked somebody... He says it's safe to get in the water, but 
why is this sign here? Is there anybody that knows what's going on out there? I, I could have avoided the whole ordeal. Praise God, really nothing too terrible happened. I was plenty exhausted, and I was really sore for a day or two with all the razor blade cuts. But it could have been really, really bad. I was reading, looking up these pictures I, last night. I read all sorts of stories from uh, stories from the last 10 years that it's every summer several people drown on the Gulf Coast of Florida in those currents, mostly kids who are swimming and they get pulled under. But some adults, and I seriously, I, the more I think about it, the older I get, the more scared I get of, wow, that was really, really bad, the situation I got in. And praise the Lord, he saved me. Some of you have been out stranded in life's ocean with your bloody and cut up from life, and the sharks are swimming, and God has bailed you out too. But it sure would be a lot better if you just read the sign and obeyed it to begin with. No matter where you're at, God will bail you out from where you're at now. He will throw you a line and drag you back to solid ground. Can we say that? Amen. But from here on, our commitment has got to be, God, I'm sorry, I thought I knew better. It's the core sin, folks, is us thinking we can run our own lives. That I can make my choices I can have sex with whoever or whatever I want. I can put whatever I want in my body. I can do whatever I want with my money. I can go and do whatever I want with my time. I can be around whoever I want to be around. And God says, no, you can't. I know best. Do it my way or you will get hurt. He is not a dictator, folks. He is a loving dad who's trying to protect you. Pay attention. Pay attention. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to Canaan, and he went out not knowing where he was going. He obeyed God even when God's command didn't make sense. He didn't know, but God led him into success and prosperity and peace and blessing and good stuff. He had a great life because he obeyed God when he was young. And he went where God told him to go. He didn't understand it, but he obeyed. And at the end, he looks back, and it makes sense. Hindsight is twenty twenty, folks. Either from you, the pain of your own lessons, or from obeying God. You can be very, very glad you obeyed God when you look back. In Romans 8, verses 5 to 8 says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be earthly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The earthly human mind is hatred toward God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Again, I say, God never ever tells us to shut our mind off and not think. Does not ever say that. That's some sort of Eastern meditation thing is to empty your mind and you become so open-minded your brain falls out. That's not Christianity. That's not logic. It isn't wisdom. We're to love God with all our understanding. We're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But there is a truth that in our flesh, in our own person, we cannot make sense out of God in our mind alone. We must obey by faith. Not knowing what is ahead, not understanding why God is saying it, but the instant you obey, it will make sense. 
you will see, oh, yeah, of course that was right. Why did I not see that yesterday? But you can't see it. It's, bl- it's, it's, it's blinded to us by our own mental failings. We must approach God in the Spirit. But it does make perfect sense afterward. Obedience leads to understanding. 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And Colossians 2, 2 and 3 says, All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. All the treasures, wisdom and knowledge are treasures. I said wisdom and knowledge are treasures. But they are hidden from the world because they're in Christ. And we will not find them by thinking our way into God and trying to figure him out. We will find them by pressing into Christ. By obeying him, finding him in faith. And then we look back and we're like, wow, that is great wisdom. Of course it makes sense. Of course it's true. I didn't see it before, but I see it now that I obeyed. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. There is no wisdom. There is no truth. There is no correct understanding outside of Jesus. The world is completely lost and completely stupid. And all of it is a lie. Anything that is contrary to Jesus or this is a lie. And it will lead you into bondage and shark-infested water. And God will keep you safe on the beach, working on your suntan in complete safety. Amen. Amen. Obey the signs. Avoid the sharks. Thank you, Jesus, for your warnings, for your care for us, that you love us, that you want to tell us the right way, that you want to teach us. Lord, we know that you are not a bossy dictator, but that you care for us. You want us to be safe. You want us to be healthy. You want us to be calm and at peace, full of life and joy, health and strength. You want us wise. You want us to understand the deep mysteries of life. So, Lord, we repent of not obeying you, of going our own way, of choosing our own path, of ignoring the sign, blowing right past it and diving in the water, thinking we can, we can do it, we can be safe, we can do it our own way. Lord, your way is the only right way. It is the only safe way. It is the only way to life. Lord, thank you for forgiving us and rescuing us when we dove into the water anyway. You are very good and patient with us. You've set us free from addiction, from bondages, from fears and anxieties, from broken hearts and broken bodies. You've set us free from so much. But from this day forward, Lord, we repent of all that. We turn toward you and we say we will follow your instruction. We will obey your commands. We will trust that you have our best at heart and that what you have said is true, regardless of what we think or what the world tells us. Forgive us for listening to our friends instead of you. We receive what you say, we believe it is true, and you will make sense of it all. In Jesus' name.